Welcome to Feminine Revival Podcast, where we empower women to embrace their God-given identity and live a life of beauty and victory. Hello and welcome back. We're here starting off the new year 2024. Happy New Year! Happy, Happy New Year! Year. <laughs> so glad you joined us. This is Laura. We have Heather. Hello. And Autumn. Hello. Coming back at you. We're excited. And since um, we're in the season of goal setting and resolutions, we wanted to discuss and talk through what achievement is and about how we can know if we're measuring up. So today is kind of going to be like a little fireside chat is what I was thinking. You know, we don't have the little... I was hoping the there little... There is, right there fire, in the corner. Okay, the fireplace is up here. I was thinking here. we should plug it in. Maybe we should, because I'm I'm literally next to the fire. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. That worked out great. <laughs> it is not on, though. But So I thought to start us off, um, since we're talking about resolutions, um, to throw back what was something you always wanted to be or do when you were a kid when I grow up I want to whatever so I'm going to toss it over to Heather first I'm very interested to hear what she has to say I distinctly remember always wanting to be a veterinarian I was like the person that was obsessed with animals like strays I like sneak them food and like beg my mom to keep them except for I was like deathly allergic to everything furry so I <laughs> come inside with like eyes swollen shut like weeping (laughs) can we keep it (laughs) definitely not um we did eventually get a dog but yes so uh two things i wanted to be a veterinarian and i wanted to be a mom that was like solid i always carry around a baby doll (laughs) i wasn't allergic to those Uh, but yeah that was it i was like that's the only two things i want to do so and then I discovered it takes like 10 years to become a veterinarian. And I was like, that's not happening. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's an amiable dream, though. I you like know, it. I love the the furry creatures. Heather was really cute with little stuffed animals. She was always like carrying one around and, you know, giving it some medicine or something like that. But yeah. actually, I remember my parents would try different dogs and see oh, if Heather yeah. was allergic to them. And so... We never really knew if we were going to keep this dog. I think they had to work out something special where it's like, okay, we may have to get this dog back. And then people would agree that we could return it within like a week or something like that. And so we've had several dogs for about a week. Yeah. (laughs) Was that like torture for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. It was terrible. It was terrible. I would be like crying. Like, (laughs) like, I kid you not, my eyes would be swollen shut. (laughs) I'd be like, I'm okay. It was really sad. We can keep him. I'll be okay. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> there, what happened eventually? Because we did get a Rottweiler. Yeah. And that I'm, was fine. She still uh, bothered me. But I think as I got older, I just grew out of mm. maybe being that allergic. But bless my heart as a little kid. Like when I was a little girl, I was like so allergic. That's terrible that you love animals that much and you were that allergic. Yeah. That's, I had to learn some hard lessons pretty quick in life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things I love don't love me back. <laughs> you lose them <laughs> get all attached and then they're ripped away oh, oh it's okay god was like i need to prepare you for what's he's like coming. get ready oh gosh anyways yeah but that was uh that was the goal i you know <laughs> yeah well what about you autumn 
I have no idea. I don't remember what I wanted to really? be. Really? No, I don't. I want to say maybe for teacher, but I don't. I feel like, yeah, that was something that you said. Maybe, but I really have no clue. So well, I goal accomplished. did become a yeah. teacher. How many years did you teach? 14. That is goodness. crazy. I know. It's crazy. So, yeah, good time. But I don't remember at all. Yeah. So, sorry. I wish I could contribute. Um, that's it, though. You know? I just wanted a dog. Like, I just wanted to keep one of the dogs. <laughs> so your dream and Heather's dream alive. Yeah. And we eventually did get a dog. I know. She was the best. She was good. Did you have one dog or two? Well, one for a really long time. And then we got another one. And Heather didn't like it. So we had to get rid of it. Not true. <laughs> That's like a whole story. We ended up having to get rid of one of them. Oh. But... um yeah, that was like a, that's a whole thing. Well, we won't get into that. That's another that's podcast. Another episode. <laughs> okay. What about you, Laura? Oh, gosh. I had so many things I wanted to be, but I wanted to be a news reporter. <laughs> I, this is like, I'm so excited because I'm moderating this episode. So if you don't like it, stick around for the next episode. All right. Let's... Wait, can you give us an example of your news reporter voice? Oh, yeah. Okay. So news reporters talk in this like... <laughs> certain kind of tone and I learned it and then I would talk this way I'd be like and that's where this story begins and so from here on out can you do that voice for us <laughs> I don't think I can <laughs> can you insert it periodically like we'll see <laughs> I tried. you did that really well I like we didn't even have a video camcorder or whatever growing up but sometimes our friends would let us borrow theirs and I remember my, I had my sister like record and I was like at the bedroom door like, did you sell, did you sell faulty electrical equipment? <laughs> Answer the door. Talk to my lawyer. <laughs> I was like doing both voices, interviewing myself. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So that was like one of them. And wait, can I just say I, you're really making me remember? Oh yeah, people will not that? know this life. Maybe there's a modern version of doing this, but I remember <laughs> this is actually really embarrassing. I might check this out later. Um, we would record on a tape recorder a guy's yeah. voice, like our voice doing a guy's voice, saying certain, like saying conversational things. with baby dolls. y'all are weird. Then. <laughs> Like, so they'd be like, hey, you look really good tonight. <laughs> we would like, stop it. And then we would play it back. And like, we would talk to it as it was like conversing with us. But it was like our voice doing the guy's voice. I mean, that's pretty genius. I'm not gonna I mean, lie. we that's were smart. Creative. We were homeschooled. Like, kind so. of practical helping you. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm just saying. Anyways, I'm recalling as you're saying that. That's really <laughs> funny because we definitely had a like um, tape recorder and we would record remember how you could record songs off of the radio oh for sure if you caught it at the right time like you're like oh this yeah is a yeah song, mixtape and then you hit record yeah and then once that was over then we would do our own voice like we were the radio hosts oh like, really yeah we'd be like and that song was going out to a special someone <laughs> that's really smart. that's wow. where i would like play delilah and be like you know what i have a special song going out there for someone who's going through a hard time you know who you are, you know? That is and so funny. And then I would funny. do like a whole tape front and back and then give it to one of my friends. And then she would do one for me and give it back. So it was a good time. <laughs> that is. That's awesome. 
who knew all these years later I would be doing a podcast with <laughs> my two best friends? The Lord prepares. Uh, wow. All right. So let's get into it. Um, switching gears a little bit, but um, when you think of success, what is true success? Um, what does God say is true success? So I want to toss that out there. Um, Autumn, I'm going to throw it to you first. Well, when our goals are aligned with God's goals, I think that's when you know that you have something that is truly valuable and that that's what God sees as successful. When your values line up with God's values, I think that's what success is. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good. It's like um, if your focus is on God, he helps, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize that their focus is on themselves, but if your focus is on God, he helps you to know what's the next steps mm -hmm. or Heather, mm -hmm. your thoughts. Uh, well, I was thinking when I thought through what success was, I looked the word up in the dictionary and I thought it was kind of interesting because I kind of collaborated my own definition based off the definition that was there, but I, I wrote down um, success is the conclusion of attempts that result in the desired goal. But it's interesting because even on their definition on Merriam-Webster, they say to attain wealth, position, honor, endeavors, performance of achievement. But I guess what I was thinking in hindsight, even after reading that definition, which is interesting because the world definitely defines success as those things like attaining wealth, position, honor, glory. But it really speaks of like the end goal of a desire. So success is like having achieved the thing that you're striving towards. So you know you're successful when you, you know, finish first place or you got the money, you got the girl, you got the job, whatever it is. So I was thinking from a Christian perspective, like what's the end goal for us and how do we know if we're being successful or not in this life? Well, God makes it clear that that we are to be more kingdom minded rather than earthly minded. And even like when he came and he, you know, uh, preached the gospel to people, he was saying like, you know, prepare yourself for the kingdom of God. And so I think that what God's definition in a nutshell, maybe the bottom line is, is ultimately to live your life in a way that is um, like kingdom mindset mindset it the long right? game yeah like aiming for the long game and not getting caught up in the temporal things of this world and I think maybe like a, a more specific and like um maybe concise uh definition I should say is that like it's really to be transformed into a person who looks like Christ so um, that's like the process of sanctification, but really the end goal is to like love God and love others and to bring people to Christ, but ultimately to like model your life in a way that transforms you into or allowing God to transform you into more of Christ. So he's the goal, basically, like God's the goal, eternity's the goal. And we know we can be, we know that we're successful in life when we look like him in life if that makes sense yeah that's well, kind of beautiful just because it's like it doesn't matter where you're at you can strive for that exactly it's not like oh I don't really have the tools for that or mm -hmm. something you can strive for that what were you gonna 
that people set resolutions yearly Mm -hmm. and really God's resolution for us is a journey. It's not one year at a time, but it's like you're saying to look more like Jesus Christ. And I think that as people set out for a new year and think, okay, what do I want to accomplish? You should do that because the Bible says to, um, says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all thy might Mm -hmm. and says to do things decently and in order. And that we are in this body and we have an opportunity to take care of it and to get the most out of our time here and to use our time and talents Mm -hmm. and money, you know, for, God's glory, but within that too, if you're just thinking about what do I want to accomplish this year? Well, if you ask yourself, what does God actually want to accomplish this year? It is, you know, what Heather is saying that he wants us to look more like Jesus, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, and that does go back to the kingdom of God. If God's trying to work in us, it's definitely the long game and every little day, the normal moments in each day, you know, I think we're really tend to be very like focused on the big things and the milestones. And like Mm -hmm. when I lose 20 pounds or I gain this much more muscle or, you know, like whatever those little things are that we're trying to do, they feel like really big to us, but really I think like each and every day, it's just a little journey to become more like Jesus Christ. And yeah, that goes back to what I was saying that if you are going to be successful, you have to start by saying, you know, what does God value? And then try to align yourself with mm-hmm. that. You know? Yeah. 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 It makes me think of the verse. Um, Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen says, uh, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Um, and then also Micah six, eight says, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. So I think like, you know, Autumn saying, and you even alluded to it, Laura, is I think it's liberating when you do know what God finds uh, or considers success because you can do anything and achieve that end goal like you can be a stay-at-home mom you can work in an office you can be an artist you can do you know missionary work on the field because in each and every one of those things if you are doing it like in connection with God and you're allowing him to grow you and to sanctify you and to make you more like him it doesn't necessarily matter so much the thing that you're doing it's allowing God to work through you and in you in that thing So he's ultimately big enough to accomplish his greater purpose, which is to make you more like himself. And he uses the things that we do every day, but there's nothing too small or too big because God, like Autumn was saying, like incrementally transforms us. And so we're always like working towards that greater goal of like looking more like God, acting more like God, and then also bringing other people to God so that they can start their journey and kind of like you know, complete the body of Christ, I guess, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely taking all of your strengths and weaknesses to him. And he, you know, sometimes he appoints you to something that you can exercise that strength. Mm-hmm. Other times you find yourself in your weakness yeah. serving him. And mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing, too. I thought of the verse, uh, Joshua 1, 8. 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, mm -hmm. that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you, I don't know where you are in your walk, but I, I probably would want to start with, if you are seeking achievement and you don't know God, it's kind of throws me to Solomon. Like Solomon asked for wisdom and he, he had all the wealth and riches and, but he ended up saying like, and all the wives and all the concubines, like he ended up saying that's all vanity. Mm -hmm. Like he searched out for anything that would give him fulfillment and he found it all to be vanity at the end of it all. So, Number one thing is you need to know Jesus Christ as your savior. You must because he brings purpose and value to life because he is life and he is truth. So that's like the number one thing that's going to give you purpose and direction in life. And then as a believer, then it's like you were saying you are just you're going to be satisfied when you awake in his likeness like that verse mm -hmm. in um Psalm 17, I think it is, 1715. Mm -hmm. So I would say from this verse, I'm just thinking what's made me who I am and I'm nothing, but I'm, I'm stronger in the Lord today because of the scripture that I memorized as a child. So if you're not a child, that's still fine because you maybe you're a baby in Christ. Maybe you're a new believer. You can decide that you're going to apply some scripture to your heart and memorize it. One of my friends said that she would um, put her Bible in her like bathroom. And while she was hairspraying and getting ready, she was memorizing these verses. And she said, all of my Bible pages had a little bit of hairspray on them. <laughs> and that just ministered to me. I was like, oh, but she is like such a beautiful soul. And she has so much wisdom from the word of God. And that was purposeful. So I would say an encouragement to you to anybody listening take a little bit of time do a word study and find some verses with you know something that you want to focus on hope maybe you just want to memorize some verses that talk about hope and go from there mm -hmm. so that's my encouragement mm -hmm. okay what does the world say is success mm. who autumn you want to take that I was thinking um, the world says success is not standing out, but going with the flow. Mm. And I know that's a weird definition of success, but their success is like become what we're telling you to become. This is what I need you to become. Don't be anything but this. And I know that's maybe a weird way to think about it, but success is not standing out, going with the loudest voice. So if if the structures of the world are putting something in front of you, then don't contradict that. I think that the world also says living without morals and being liked by the crowd is successful too. Like that is the epitome of life, that you're the most valuable when you are the most approved of. But the majority of people aren't living righteously and the end of their actions and behavior is going to be destruction. And if you don't pay attention, then I think that's something you'll 
find yourself kind of swept into as well. So I have other ones written down, but what do you guys think about those two things? That's really good. I was thinking when you said that, it's like the world is kind of like a current. Think Mm -hmm. of the ocean that if you're purposely not, you know, swimming or treading water or something, you're going to get pulled wherever it takes you. Mm -hmm. So it's really a focus thing. It sounds like what you're saying, like you really need to be focused on what God has for you and what he, the direction he wants you to go, or you're going to be, there's not really any middle ground, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think unless you're intentionally evaluating what you're approving of and what you're participating in, what you're neglecting to say, and what stands you're making, unless you're literally evaluating yourself daily and considering what am I laughing at? What am I allowing to happen around me? What am I consciously and unconsciously approving of Mm -hmm. by either allowing or participating Mm -hmm. in? If we're not doing that, then we are, we are living by the world standard of success and Mm -hmm. of approval, I guess, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking there. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, I mean, it's hard even because that goes to your thought level and most people don't, um, recognize their own thoughts or yeah I think mm. that's why that Joshua 1 8 which is funny because I wrote down that same verse but I said Joshua 1 9 and so when you said that I was like what 1 9 <laughs> is really good too yeah <laughs> maybe I memorized it and mm. also memorized 1 9 but anyways that verse says that you need to meditate on the word of God so that you can do according to all that's written therein and that's the heart of what we all need to do that if we're not doing that then our spirit is not sensitive to what's right and wrong morally within the world and so we just kind of participate and we also lack the strength to stand up against something that's morally wrong Mm -hmm. it would be super awkward to do that but that is when you really get to the root of who you are as a person. Like, what are your values and principles? Mm -hmm. What do you genuinely believe? What is that rooted in? And what, what are you living for? Because like I was trying to say earlier, like all the little moments in life really make up the quality of who you are as a person. So, and that Mm -hmm. is what you accomplish in a year or in your lifetime, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and I mean, I definitely remember times where I've, been in a situation and been uncomfortable maybe with the current of what was happening around me and I didn't really even agree with it but I was there and thinking about it later like let me not hang out with them or not go there again or maybe say something next time you know yeah yeah Yeah. Heather did you want to well I think the biggest difference between like the world's viewpoint of success and God's viewpoint of success is God's like we had talked about earlier is eternal future mindset eternal value and most of that stuff doesn't make sense in this temporal world the world only knows now live for today for tomorrow you you die so the world is going to push everything you know and gear everything towards making the most of this life and getting as much as you can but it's not even in the sense of like a long-term goal like the world it sets all of its efforts towards achieving like the most money the most fame the most power and it also is like it puts a high premium on like safely arriving at death you know like oh yeah comfort so it's either like 
there's two extremes is either pushes like grind out life, you know, do everything to the nth degree or, um, seek the, the most pleasure you can, the easiest path that you can find. And then the end result at both of those should be that you, you land in, in leisure, like get the Winnebago and travel the world and just ride into the sunset. But so the world, it makes me think of first John two sixteen. it says for, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So it really is speaking of things that are only to be enjoyed and are only beneficial for this temporal life. Nothing beyond that. And if you don't believe in life after death, that makes sense. But if you do believe that there is life after death, you have to think to yourself, okay, there's some, there's some kind of quantifying of what I'm doing right now and that's going to translate into eternity and so the world only presents like getting as much as you can out of the life that you have in the immediate with no thought of the future and also I think there's like a a fixation on making yourself your own god and living for your praise for your glorification for your elevation basically it's like you know especially nowadays in our society it started with the selfie it's just like it's over the top you know like I get on social media sometimes and it's just like it it's just cringe fest yeah it's like embarrassing but it's sad to me honestly because people are so they're just groping for affirmation and meaning and purpose and they're they're running to all these sources that really don't satisfy and I think that that's maybe the heart of it is that when you know that like you're investing for something that you will eventually be able to uh, receive the benefits from the dividends for there's a certain sense of satisfaction knowing that like hey I'm investing in something that has meaning in the long term when you're just like burning it out and like living it up and living for the the thrill of the moment, there is that sense of like recklessness and loss because there's no like, there's no end goal in mind. And so I think that this world is like a giant live for today fest. And because there is no thought for the end result of all that, which actually is destruction, and it is like a cankering of soul, it's a lot of damage, it's a lot of um, emptiness because very few people actually achieve like what the highest goals you know like of being the superstar or you know right. getting all the money and stuff but if you listen to those people who have achieved that I think it was Jim Carrey that said I wish for everybody that they could achieve um, however he said it like the highest um, achievement of like money success and fame so that they could see how empty it is and um, I p- totally paraphrase that but I think that really the point is is that the world is going to push um everything to be about self and about the immediate and about this life and that alone and there's nothing after that but god is always pointing us towards something more than this world and more than this life and i think in our souls we we sense that because death always feels unnatural it always feels like that shouldn't happen i don't i feel like that's yeah. Even when you anticipate somebody passing away, it's like, that seems wrong. Like we're supposed to live forever. And I think that God, there is a verse that says like God's put eternity in our hearts. And I think that we in, instinctively know that there's so much more to life than just this because God's programmed our hearts that way. Well, our soul is eternal. Yes. So that's the piece. And 
I think that's beautiful because for an unsafe person, this is the closest thing to heaven that they're ever going to experience. Yeah. So it makes sense if they don't know God that they're going to try to get all they can yeah. out of this oh, life. For sure. And well, for those of us who are saved, this is the worst hell that we'll ever know. Thank yeah. Goodness. Thank God. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and something you said, Autumn, made me think of, um, you know, you talked about kind of taking in the scriptures and allowing that to give you the strength to be able to pursue God and to know him closer. And it reminded me of the verses in the Bible that talk about the milk of the word and the meat of the word. And as you feast on that, it does give you spiritual strength to be able to pursue goals that he has for you. Mm -hmm. The things that you maybe don't think you can do, but you actually can in him. It's more about allowing him to work out through you um, what he's purposed instead of you just trying to strong arm and be good. If, If we could be good enough, his sacrifice is in vain. So we can't, it's really constantly yielding to him, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to even attempt success, Mm -hmm. you know. It's the verse that says that it's God that works in you to will and do of his good pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. So we're all kind of on the same page because Heather, I had written down 1 John 2, 15 through 17 as well. Mm -hmm. And it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm -hmm. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's really it. The lust of the flesh, Mm -hmm. desire to have, lust of the eyes, desire to, wait, maybe lust of the flesh, desire to feel. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. that's what they say. Lust of the eyes, desire to have, and then the pride of life is a desire to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it says, um, verse 17, and the world passes away and the lust thereof. So all of those things, if you pursue after them, they're going to pass away. Mm-hmm. But he that do- doeth the will of God abideth forever. Yeah. And it's really your worldview, whether you see yourself as being an eternal being that's going to live forever mm-hmm. one place or the other, or seeing the world is this is the only time frame you have, so you better get the most out of it at whatever cost, you know? But that's why that does begin with us as Christians knowing what the word of God says so that we can assess what is valuable and orchestrate our life focused on those things and then being careful to not waste our days Mm -hmm. by pouring into what do I feel? What can I become? And do, what do I see? You know, like, do you have everything that I want? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what we're naturally drawn towards. But that's also what Satan's tempting us with. And that's what those verses talk about. That they're the little, you know, lures for our flesh that we're so easily tempted by. So again, just having to be intentional, evaluating ourselves so that we can see what am I focused on and is that truly rewarding because like Heather was saying with Jim Carrey evaluating himself even now in the middle of his life and saying like it really once you have it even Mm -hmm. it's not all cracked up to Mm -hmm. me you know I wrote down that uh, the world defines success by really Satan's lies and Satan's lie is that you're missing out that God's withholding something from you. And that's what Eve believed when she felt like 
the fruit that she wasn't allowed to eat was being withheld from her. I think that that's a part of Satan's lie, that if you don't do this and you don't post that or you don't wear that, I guess, you know, or Mm -hmm. you don't earn as much as you can at the expense of your family, then you're going to miss out somehow Mm -hmm. and you don't matter, you know, but those are lies. And unfortunately, sometimes we have regret because we've improperly placed our values and then time has passed and we've lost time and opportunities with people. And now the regret is when you have the wisdom to reflect back and to see things accurately and you know, you've done them wrong. Mm -hmm. That's regret, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Bible talks about eschewing evil and that is to pre-plan to not fall into evil or Mm -hmm. to do evil, you know? So I'm going to like, look in the word and plan ahead to succeed and use the strength of God to do that. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. I, I was instantly reminded of Luke 16, um, 19 through 31. It is the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Mm -hmm. And when you read the story, I challenge you to go and read it, but essentially there's a rich man, he has barns, he builds bigger barns and there's this poor man, Lazarus who, obviously was a believer Lazarus ends up in heaven they both die at the same time and the rich man is in hell and he's like wishing for a cold drop of water on Mm -hmm. his tongue and he's realizing that all the things that he accomplished that the world would say is an achievement meant nothing when you're Mm -hmm. eternally in hell Mm -hmm. so and even to the fact that he wanted his own brothers to be told like tell my brothers Mm -hmm. you know so definitely the world's focus is exactly what you were saying, mm-hmm. elevating self and, mm-hmm. you know, either mm-hmm. safely arrive at death, like mm-hmm. you were saying, or achieve as much as you can in this mm-hmm. life, take as much as you can, you know, but, and, and even people who are, um, do a lot of noble things and they're, they're not doing it for God, Mm -hmm. that can even be something that's honoring their own selves. Like, Mm -hmm. look at all the hours I volunteered and Mm -hmm. I travel Mm -hmm. here and do this and that and help these people. And apart from God being the center of that, it can be self-focused as well, which Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy to think about, you know? Yes, that's really true. So just as a, a personal story and something that I think can be encouraging that's relatable, the world that we live in has a lot of things that are good things even to to be that wouldn't be wrong if you were those things so you know a president of a company or a mom with kids or successful in your business like those aren't wrong things as unto the lord but i think that while i am pursuing the goals that i personally or professionally physically you know emotionally have whatever for myself like as I'm pursuing those other things um, I would like to be married if that's God's will I would like the kid (laughs) that's a joke I feel like (laughs) anyways (laughs) so okay yeah but seriously like be married you know like have a kid and then um whatever be whatever like professional goals like you have for yourself but 
sometimes like those things are sort of out of your control or you're waiting on them or there's things that hold you back and you're like, I didn't get the promotion or wow, like that really took a turn I didn't plan on. And if you're putting your value for yourself in those things that you're trying to say have marked your success, you really may go through several seasons of depression, which I feel like sometimes in my life, I'll assess what I'm striving for, which are good things that are of God that I'm pouring into and working to master or whatever. But if I'm not there yet, it's actually very encouraging for me to just go back to what does God say is valuable? And that is the word of God and the souls of men. Mm -hmm. And am I doing those things right now? Well, those things I can do immediately, and those are eternally valuable and rewarding. And while I'm pursuing the other things that I wish I had and the comfort and stability and whatever else that I want in my life, I can actually find comfort and a great sense of personal value in knowing that the most important things in this world I am doing right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you ask yourself that, you might say, well, I'm doing poorly on the things of eternal value, you know, the souls of men and the word Mm -hmm. of God. So maybe you need to adjust that. But I find that comforting because Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm waiting on God's timing or God to, you know, move and I have to get another degree to be able to move forward or whatever it is. But while I'm trying to succeed in the world, I know that spiritually I can succeed today. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy way to simplify. Well, and then also it's like, you and yeah I'm glad you said that like we're not saying that to have worldly success is a bad thing that's not like whatever gifts God gives you whether it's intelligence beauty strength uh, charisma whatever it is great baking skills (laughs) I'm pointing at Heather (laughs) baking skills whatever gifts he's given you it could be that he blesses you and you're super wealthy or that you know you have certain talents whatever it is that's not a bad thing and it's not automatically bad just because it's something that only lasts during this world but like autumn saying inside of each one of those things you have an opportunity to reach into the lives of other people and so into them through example and through just the testimony that you're living and through just speaking it to them, the word of God, and also stewarding the souls of people around you. Like there's, you do not have to go two steps out of your own bedroom door to interface with people who are hurting and who just need kindness. And so whatever your platform is, be it small or great, if you're using that to do God's work in the sense of reaching into people's lives, you know, speaking words of encouragement, speaking truth, um, giving them, you know, truth from the word of God, encouragement, that is God's work. So it's, I think it's, it's not to diminish and say that there's no value in certain things that are like only to be enjoyed in this world. It's really more of a question of what you're doing with those things. Yeah. Like, are you putting into that God's presence? Are you inviting God mm-hmm. into that sphere of your life? Um, like the gym, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, we all work out and, you know, people ask, you know, like, oh, like, that's a cool exercise. What are you doing or whatever? You know, like you if you do achieve a certain level of fitness um, or you're consistent enough, people start looking to you like you have some <laughs> something, something to share. Right. You know, <laughs> but even that it's like as simple as that is like you can use that. I, I have had more opportunities to minister to people 
at the gym than I have like in most places just because I think everyone's a little bit <laughs> unhinged. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going there. You know, they're, everybody's hurting everywhere. But like even something as, as simple as that, like you can speak encouragement, like real life stuff into people. They'll come up and just tell you their whole life story or they'll share something tragic. And like, do you have like the four thought or the wherewithal to say like hey this is a moment not just for me to get gains physically but to gain something eternally by speaking into somebody's life so it's like while you're pursuing your goals yes not forgetting about the most important things yes the word of god and the souls of people and i think it's keeping your hands open too he he's giving stuff and trusting to you and we've Mm -hmm. seen people who at a time they did use that really well Mm -hmm. and then I don't know. They kind of got their identity mixed up in that yeah. instead of Christ. And, you know, they yeah. kind of, you, you well, could like see a, a difference. Gift that they used for themselves at that point. Yes. Right. Because I think eliteness is a platform where you have a certain amount of attention and then you have a responsibility then to use that mm-hmm. for the purpose of God to love people and to point them to Christ, yeah. you know? So become a expert and elite and Mm -hmm. proficient in whatever your field is and then use that to love people Mm -hmm. and to represent God well that's a lot of responsibility yeah but I think that some people avoid the spotlight maybe thinking that's humility and maybe we could talk about that maybe there's something there you know Mm -hmm. that might be different temperaments you know yeah yeah that too but if you love something even if that's writing or reading then like be an amazing reader and super Mm -hmm. knowledgeable and then when people come to you about books and you know the information that you're you're reading you know take that chance to now to love them Mm -hmm. you know so I think that we kind of get too focused on the task at hand and forget about the hearts of the people around us for sure so you Mm -hmm. know I know we're focused on 2024 but in 2023 one of the goals that I came up with personally was to not apologize for bringing warmth into competent places (laughs) I just (laughs) felt like that was a thing Like the more competent people are around you, typically it's easy to become less personable. Mm -hmm. And I never want that to be what I become. So I just feel like it's okay to be both. And while while I want to be proficient and I want to be professional and I want to do that too, I want to also not lose the warmth of just caring about people. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like, I almost felt like I had to apologize for being kind and like warm because people don't know what to do with that. And they almost think you're disingenuous and that's fine too. I think over time they'll learn that you're sincere and there's an appropriate time to be more warm or, you know, more professional and whatever. But at the same time, just having warmth that's available. I think that's important, especially as a woman, like we just really need to Mm -hmm. not forget to bring that into space because it's just so needed, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a sunflower on a cold day or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the world is just a bitter, cold place, and you're just a little ray of sunshine. You know, Shine yeah, gold makes least. a huge difference. Makes a huge mm-hmm. difference. Um, that was that was really good. It's ministering. You guys are still. so smart and just <laughs> warm and godly. <laughs> um, okay, how does God measure success? I think when we talk about success. I know I have thought before, like, uh, I don't know what I'm achieving. 
you know, I've told Heather this before, but sometimes I spend time in prayer and then I like, did God hear that? I don't see that person getting closer to God. I don't see him reaching down and saving them. Like, you know, you want to chalk it up as like uh, it was unsuccessful or maybe he didn't hear me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's not the kind of thing that you can really measure. You just have to do it in faith. And and sometimes Mm -hmm. you do see people move towards God. You see prayers answered. But a lot of time it's consistently just doing the thing. It's obedience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that, how does God measure success? What are some things you'd like to Mm -hmm. add to that or share? Well, I was thinking it's obedience, you know, so Mm -hmm. God has the word of God and you're successful if you're obedient to it. That's true. (laughs) Like that's the bottom line. And so he's like, okay, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'll bless you. I want you to be a people that will glorify me. I want to know you personally. I want to be personally involved in your life and I want to guide you to goodness. I've preordained good to use you in your life and I I want you to have joy and victory and power and if you'll be close to me then I'll give you those things. But you have to be obedient to the word of God in order to fall in line with those things because like what we were saying the world will lie to you and say this is success and that's the opposite of what God would have us to do so when we choose to deny what's natural and what our flesh naturally wants to do or what the world is trying to lead us to do and we choose to be obedient to God and to the word then there's blessing in that and you might not see the fruit of that obedience But in faith, you know, it's the right thing. And you know that God is working all things together for good and letting things fall into place. And you're just trusting him that he sees, he is pleased with that and something good is going to come from that, you know? Yeah. So talking about fruit, you know, the, the fruit that comes from that. I think if you are demonstrating the fruit of the spirit in your life on a pretty consistent basis Mm -hmm. that's probably a good measure of you being successful in God's eyes because again that's a good point anything that is done with God's spirit like leaning on his power in demonstration of the fruit of the spirit has with it an eternal weight uh, eternal like value to it because it's done in connection with God and God's eternal. Yeah. And the Holy spirit did it through you yes. because it's the fruit of the spirit yeah. within you. And therefore it has eternal reward. It makes me think of, um, second Corinthians four seventeen through 18. It says for our light affliction, which is, but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I think it's just a reminder that, you know, kind of like we're talking about a lot of the stuff that we do, it is so future, you know, geared. It's so like, you know, it's like planting a seed and you never really see it. the harvest until like after you, you know, wake up in eternity. But the reality is, is that if you are producing the fruit of the spirit in your life, I think that's a an immediate indication that you're walking in line with God and there's the benefits of the life that you're living is now going to be um, done in a way that's loving, that's joyful, that's um, or love, joy, peace, that's peaceful. My goodness, to have peace in this world. Uh, love, joy, peace. Long, long-suffering. Yeah, goodness, patience, faith, goodness, faith, goodness, meekness, 
gentleness temperance temperance so i think that yes like you if you want to know like a, a, a certain gauge for like is my life meaning something is it is this successful am i am i getting it like am i doing it right lord you know like if you're producing that fruit you are mm-hmm. whatever you're doing you are i hate to say racking up eternal points <laughs> it's not gemstones <laughs> right it's not quite that brutal or not brutal what's the well, word it says what does it say light affliction eternal weight of glory yeah well and that is the thing like there's something too that the bible doesn't really tell us exactly how god weighs our life out but it does use the that phrase that there's an eternal weight which means that it's it's all weighed out it's all measured to some degree and it's either wood hay and stubble which i think is a lot of stuff that the world says is is success which is like being self-centered, self-focused, self-driven, self-glorifying, right? Things. All of the temporal things—that's wood, hay, and stubble. That stuff burns up and is not quantified because it was only earthly. It was only done in the flesh for the flesh. Yes, but when you do even the simplest things in connection with the Holy Spirit, with the fruit of the Spirit, it has with it like almost like it sprinkles everything that you're doing with something that is eternal and that stuff does not get burnt up it's weighed out as gold precious silver jewels pearls like that's the stuff that matters to god so i think that striving really just striving to like fall in love with the lord every single day and just abiding with him and then like focusing on like letting him just Um, produce that fruit in you like that's just the surefire way of like living a successful life because kind of like the what is it the Midas touch turns everything to gold Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's almost like that it's like everything that I'm doing with my hand in Jesus's hand is like the Midas touch it's turning everything to gold and it has some element of eternal glory in that if that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of a mature concept but more than anything it's it's yoking up with him because he says that his burden is, his yoke is easy, his burden mm-hmm. is light. And allowing him to take the heavy weight. And he he does a mighty thing through you mm-hmm. as you yield to him. So um, I think that's beautiful. I was thinking of that verse earlier, the eternal weight of glory. I was also thinking of, um, and gosh, I don't remember. Maybe you guys can help me. There's like five different crowns you can. Yeah, I was thinking about that. There mm-hmm. is. Um, earn. And that kind of was making me think of, okay, what does, how does he measure? I know one of them is a soul winner's Mm. crown. And there is one that's like those who love his appearing, which I think is someone who is living their life in light of eternity. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to show that you, you understand there is something beyond this life, you know. But I don't remember. Mm. I didn't, I didn't write those down, but that's really good. Oh, I have First um, Peter five four and six, and it says, um, "And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall all, or ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away." Um, it says, "Likewise, younger, submit yourselves unto the elder; yea, be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time." But it does talk about like enduring till the end and you get like the crown of life. So it's all weighed out. It all matters. Like if you put any 
measure of effort towards being obedient, towards seeking God, toward like putting your flesh into subjection to the spirit. That is all accounted for. Every ounce of suffering, every slight that you get from a person who doesn't like you because you're doing something in righteousness, it's all accounted for and it all matters. And you know the key, the key to know that you are on the right path is the enemy will fight you. Oh my gosh, yeah. You live for yourself and he will roll out the red carpet for you. <laughs> right off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> right off the, cri- cl- the cliff <laughs> and there will be like confetti and the whole nine. But the minute you're like, no, I'm not living for myself. I'm doing it God's way. You better put the whole armor of God on mm-hmm. and expect that it is going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a blessing, though, because that sense of that battle coming against you is what drives you to the word of God, which yeah. is what's going to help you obtain more strength in the spirit, therefore more victory and more fruit. Equip. Yeah. 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 So yep. that's actually a blessing because, you know, we were, Heather and I were talking about what motivates one to want to read the word of God. And that is honestly trying to live for God and yeah. then encountering the spiritual warfare within that. And then you have a choice, you know, do you give up or do you live in the victory that you do have in Jesus Christ through the word of God? Mm-hmm. And then when you go to the word and it gives you that strength and that supernatural power, that is so encouraging that it just, and so nurturing and blessing to your soul you know that it motivates you to stay there and then it's so comforting you're like oh I'll be here every day and then Mm -hmm. give me strength again every day and then when you God's you see God move supernaturally and fight for you that's even more encouraging so you're like wow God you do fight for me and you do defend me and you do move when I'm humble and when I humble myself Mm -hmm. and when I apply the word of God and I do good to the evil and when I forgive people, you do a supernatural work. When I'm obedient to your word, then you set things right and you do a better job than I ever could have done with my, my insufficient human wisdom, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a good thing to feel the pressure in the battle, but let it drive you to the word and then stay there long enough to gain the strength to be victorious over what you're facing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you do have the victory in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is encouraging. It's like, that's the times that you think, is this, am I even accomplishing anything? And then you feel that push. And, you know, Heather and I have talked about that before where it's like, then it just, at some point it dawns on you and you're like, Oh no. Oh no. He is Satan is not getting the victory Mm -hmm. and you find your verses and you get on your knees and you are like covering people in the blood of Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading. What were you saying? And putting on the armor is what I was going to say. The verse I should have looked it up, but it, it was just in my reading. I think it was in Romans and it talks about being taken. We're taken captive by Satan at his will. Like I, don't know if you guys just have a competitive side in you that's like no Mm -hmm. like at your will I'm just taken captive by you like you can lead me to do whatever you want me to do at your will yeah no 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 because then the victory I have in Jesus Christ is superfluous and it is nothing yeah and I'm slapping Jesus in the face and just letting Satan rule me at his will like no yeah it's like you know acting like you're still in ball and chain when Mm -hmm. when Christ has broken those chains Mm -hmm. it's like no I don't have to dance a jig anymore like I've been delivered yeah from the taskmaster which is Satan and I'm not I don't need to live in that also I want to say 
in life, whenever it is true, like whenever you are about to have a breakthrough or whenever like God is bringing you to like a big step of faith, those are some times where it is the most tumultuous, where it is the most difficult. It is usually right before there is some kind of a breakthrough or there is some kind of victory Spiritual movement. or mm-hmm. some kind of a leap of faith that's going to grow you exponentially into the next season of your life. So if you are experiencing just like literally getting raked over the coals, like to where you're taking a step back and you're thinking like, what in the world is happening right now? Like, do not let Satan rob you of your strength. Like, go to God and just know that that is, like we're saying, an indication that God is at work in your life and that he is um, bringing you to a place of victory, of breakthrough, of the next level in your faith and just press through. It's kind of like if you think of a boiling pot, like right on as if the water was right up to the edge of that pot. Like, that is the most tumultuous the 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 most you know agitation the bubbles the steam it's all right there because it's on the edge of of the next thing it's on the edge of the other side of that boiling pot of water so and just, the enemy yeah. is in the spiritual he can yes. see that yeah. he knows Mm-hmm. And he wants, but that's the reason for that opposition because he doesn't want you to take mm-hmm. that next step. He's like, no, 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 turn it up. Don't let him get to that point. Don't let him get, don't let him get over that threshold. Come back, come back, come back. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. And God's like, no, press in, keep, keep going. Mm-hmm. Do not stop. Keep pressing forward. Like I'll catch you. I will help you. I will not let you fall. Like just trust me. So for what it's worth, just keep mm-hmm. pressing forward. Yeah. Because there's there's a reason Satan wants to inhibit you. And like Autumn saying, like the only power Satan has is the power that you give him. Don't give him that power. Mm-hmm. Just rebuke that in the name of Jesus and press forward. Like, nope, not today, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Quite yeah. literally. Yeah. And following um, that, I think this is a really good follow-up question. What are some of the major deterrents or impediments to people not being successful or not growing? I think simply put just getting distracted it's it's I think a, probably a better question of like inundation like what are you consuming because if you have a steady diet of the world and what the world says is successful and what the world is presenting as a standard and you're only filling your mind with secular shows and music and the people that you're hanging out with are only earthly motivated and driven then you're going to drown out the truth of the word of God, which says the exact opposite of those things. So I think what you're consuming in media, I think how much time you're spending in the word of God, and then also the company that you're keeping, mm-hmm. like who are your sum of five, like are the people that you say are your best friends, are they also trying to grow? Are they also trying to make decisions that are um, in favor of their relationship with God or in favor of, um, their earthly success. So it's, I think it, it's like, what are you putting into your life? Cause that's going to directly reflect what's coming out in your, um, your worldview and your view of success. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think that same thing. So I was thinking that things that hold us back are our emotions but your emotions begin with your thoughts mm. and things that you're letting inside the gates 
your ears and your eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's going into your mind and creating thoughts, which is stirring your emotions, which Mm -hmm. is leading to actions and behavior and patterns, habits, lifestyle, destiny, right? So um, I was watching or flipping through Instagram recently, and I was just thinking sometimes just super worldly and dark and I was like okay what is this and I just thought this is actually just perversion of reality of truth Mm. like Instagram in a lot of ways is a perversion Mm. it's a perversion because it puts something in front of you like it's normal and that's not normal that's super ungodly that's defying roles and identity or that's defying what God says is holy and pure. So it's a perversion of your thinking. It's like, so, but you just let it in like really naturally mm-hmm. and you're you're told by virtue of it showing up in front of you that this is normal. And so unless you're going to stop and assess like, actually, that's not normal. You need to put some clothes on Mm -hmm. or whatever the situation may be. You're just letting that tell you that that's normal. And so it's perverting what should be your reality, which is based on the word of God. And so I think that's the danger of it is that it sets a cultural perversion Mm -hmm. of a reality. And yeah, so I think that I agree with that because I think that most of the things that inhibits people from being successful is when they let so many things affect them that now it's affecting their emotions because people are so led by their emotions and their emotions dictate what they believe is true. Mm-hmm. And they feel so many things that are tethered to thoughts that have been stimulated by music and videos and people and culture that's a perversion. And that's their sense of reality and so that's keeping them just in this cycle of defeat and destruction and they don't even know it and so you have to break away from that and renew your mind by the word of God holy friends truthfulness and then you have to make an active decision to not subconsciously or unconsciously put into your head things that are contradictory to the truth from the word of God you know So that may mean you have fewer friends. That means that you watch less of something or you're more careful of what kind of music you let in. Even if it's just not to cross the line of being super sinful, but it's just very solical. Like it really evokes a lot of emotions of longing or want or desire or sorrow even, Mm -hmm. loss, grief. Just anything that's not what the word of God says to think on, which is whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's Philippians 4, 8. Mm -hmm. So anything making you think anything against that list Mm -hmm. should be really carefully evaluated. Mm -hmm. You know, so all things in measure. Because I like a good country song too. But (laughs) once it starts just playing on my emotions, it's also just an area of weakness that maybe I'm, you know, 
struggling in in life and I just want to play all the sad songs but then that puts me into a spiral of just mm-hmm. feeling upset and you know discouraged and dis- depressed or whatever then that's when you have to make a choice of like I know where that's going to lead me and I'm not going to go there because I need to live in victory today and live in truth you know mm-hmm. so that's hard but everyone can get there you know so yeah just being led by the spirit yeah that's really good I was thinking of I think comfort the love of comfort is probably one of the biggest factors for a lot of people to not being successful and also um, maybe the fear of failure and also distraction accompanied with entertainment Mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right you do have to be careful um, what you put in front of your eyes what you listen to and that's why I made a decision a while ago to just not be on Facebook or Instagram I I have a Facebook I don't know what the password is anymore Mm. I'm so sorry if you sent me a message thank you so much for your prayers (laughs) (laughs) I've not seen that um Anyways, but that has been, that helped me so much spiritually. It's not for everybody to do. That's something you need to pray about. And if God's leading you to do that, then do it. But I was comparing myself to people too much and thinking my life is not what it should be or not what other people's lives are or whatever. And you tell yourself you're not going to go on there and then you do again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you just say enough is enough and delete the app then makes it a little easier. So I definitely agree with that. But I struggle with wanting to be comfortable a lot. That's why I'm not as consistent with my exercise as you two are. (laughs) Um, Because it's not comfortable to exercise. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable to get up extra early and do it. I have been taking cold showers. So there's that. (laughs) I'm beating myself up with that. But there is a thrill in that. I'm just going to tell you, like, Mm -hmm. after you're done taking the cold shower, your body temperature kind of re-regulates, and it helps me get to sleep. It's very healthy for you. Well, it's... And the shiver, your body's initiation of shiver is fat burning, by the way. And when your body adapts to that temperature, you need to find the shiver again, because that's the... Anyways. Well, the shiver, actually, this is kind of off topic, but I kind of got that down because I haven't turned on my heat at all. Uh-huh. So like I get up and work in my house and I'm like, oh, okay, I might use a blanket now. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, I got that from Dr. Huberman. I didn't make that up. It's no, no, I believe you. So anyways, I think podcast. probably it's good to just like assess. I think that's why it is good. Like you were saying earlier that there is a natural time where people think about what they want to accomplish and even assess what they have accomplished mm-hmm. in the past year. That's like a good thing. And I don't think people take enough time to do that sort of thing. Because if you don't have some kind of plan or know what your goal is, you can say, I want to be more spiritual next year. But if you don't decide, I am going to memorize 10 verses, Mm -hmm. then you might not accomplish that, you know. Mm -hmm. So what are some biblical characters that were successful and why so I was reading recently about David when he was anointed to be king and there 
was a long period of time from when Samuel anointed him when he was amongst his brothers to the time where he actually became king. He was first king over Judah, and then seven and a half years later, he became king over Israel. And I was just thinking, you know, when you read those stories, you do read a lot of his emotions in the Psalms when he's running from Saul and like he's just going through all of those things. So it's interesting to have that perspective. But I don't recall if there's a lot of Psalms of him. What's the word? Um, Bemoaning his lack of having the anointing fulfilled. Mm. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's upset that, you know, his life and the danger and like all those things, understandably, but not that he's complaining to God, like, why am I not king yet? That's interesting. Right. And then even when he becomes king of Judah, there is um, another person. Oh, man. Can I remember his name? Was it one of Saul's sons? Is Ephibosheth? I think it may be. Maybe I got that. Ephibosheth? Wasn't that the crippled boy? No, that's Mephibosheth oh, okay. or something like that. <laughs> I could be wrong. I'll, it's, uh, I don't even remember. Anyways, look up the story yourself. But <laughs> Get in the word. Where is it? I forget. <laughs> I was studying about Hebron, right? And that led me to story, study the story. So therefore, I don't remember exactly what passage it's in. First, second Samuel, second Samuel. It's got to be one of the Samuels. I think Anyways, second Samuel. Yeah. yeah. Point is that between him being king of Judah and then being king of all of Israel, he doesn't complain again in that seven and a half years that he's not king over the whole thing. And so, again, I guess I was just thinking of his, I don't know how he handled that emotionally, but he, there's no account of him letting his emotions get away with him. In fact, what he displayed in that seven and a half years of continually waiting was wisdom, interpersonal wisdom. And that's how he became king over the rest of the nation is because people observed how he had an emotional intelligence to handle relationships well, which is crazy. And then he eventually becomes king over everything. So I was just thinking of him controlling his emotions and just working on the relationships and handling things well while he was waiting on God to fulfill the vision for him. So, um, yeah, David. And then I was also thinking about Ruth. You don't really read her emotions of the account of having lost her husband and then having left her whole hometown Mm -hmm. and then going to a new land and now having to work and being a servant Mm -hmm. and working in the field and, like, now the men have to be told not to touch her. I mean, that implies, like, that there's danger there, mm. you know? So you don't read a lot of her emotions except for when she gets overwhelmed that Boaz recognizes her and falls on the ground just, like, so thankful. But even she just overcame the obstacles of great loss of her husband, losing her family. And because I think she had an inspiration for a hope of, God being real and something there and she was moving forward in faith with that but she obviously like didn't just live by her emotions you know yeah. what I mean mm-hmm. yeah it's not recorded at least so I was just thinking those stories to support mm-hmm. the fact of not living by your emotions and you know I'm sure yeah. they had emotions they but ruled by them yes mm-hmm. yeah that's good I I actually put David too as one of mine I was just thinking 
kind of similar to what you were saying is that it was like a long time before God fulfilled that. And that Mm -hmm. does happen with a lot of the, you know, we say think of Joseph a lot, but he, there was a definite period of time where he was nobody less than Heather's laughing at me. (laughs) Um, He, but God did fulfill it. And we tell each other sometimes, like, if, you know, it's not, beautiful is that how it goes god's not not, finished yeah god's not finished if it's not beautiful so yeah that's one of the ones i put i'd love to hear who you thought of heather i thought of uh john jesus cousin actually i kind of thought john the baptist john the baptist that like the quintessential extreme uh illustration of like somebody who's successful is john like he just 100 percent sold out like lived in the desert, wore camel skin, ate the locusts locust and honey, like hundred percent kingdom mindset. Like he lived for no pleasure of the earth. And I don't think God necessarily requires all of us to wear camel skins, eat locusts and honey. That sounds like a new diet. And die um, the death. Yeah. But it is interesting because it says, um, where does it say Luke, uh, 728 says uh, for I say unto you among these that are born of women there is not greater prophet than John the Baptist but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he um, and it makes me think of that verse that John says that he must uh, that God must or that he must decrease so that Jesus would increase and to me that was just the perfect illustration of somebody who is living for eternal success, not earthly success, that he just sold out 100% for the kingdom of God. That's what he preached. He didn't live for the pleasures of this world. He didn't care what people thought about him. He was 100%. I must decrease. God must increase. And that is obviously an extreme example, but I thought that was probably one of the best ones that I could think of. You ever just sometimes... I just I'll just say it like sometimes just kind of envy like this people that are completely just detached from like all the foolishness of this world yeah you know like I think I remember personal anecdotal story here I remember when I was like the most miserable in the last job that I had and the last job I had like I had great benefits a clear path up the ladder of success and I made decent money for me and it was just like all the things that you would want from a job but I remember being so drained spiritually and so miserable and I had like all the cute clothes like I had all the stuff all the perfumes the shoes that I wanted I was looking cute every day but I remember um an old friend came to church she just was visiting her and her husband were about to be missionaries um and I remember talking to her and her describing her living situation at the time like she had two little kids and she was living in the basement of her parents home and like they just were living out of like boxes and just like all this stuff but she had such peace and grace and like absolute just like pure Jesus like exuding from her and I remember looking at her thinking I remember I remember being that way I remember like living out of that place that was just 
the sweet enjoyment of God. And it was so convicting. It was like, I, even though I had so much more than her by the world standards, like I had all the things that quote unquote are supposed to make you happy. I was looking at her, somebody who would be in like a less quote unquote advantage situation and just taking in the fact that she had something of more value than I did. And it really impacted me. Like I could cry about it even now just thinking she about She had it. no idea either. Oh, not one iota of a, a, a reality of what I was experiencing just talking to her and I know who you're listening. talking about because I, I sensed that from her too. Yeah, it was just like Jesus walked into the room and like all glory to God just in her. But it was like the grace of God was exuding from her and it was so convicting. She was so gracious and so loving and so encouraging but I, I won't ever forget that. And it's, it's stuck with me because it was real. And I think that that's, I think everybody maybe in some ways had that, that kind of an interaction where you, you're doing the thing, you're checking the boxes, but you come across something that's so real and so godly. And it's like, wow, that's it. Like mm -hmm. what I'm doing is not it. <laughs> that's it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the beauty behind even like John the Baptist or a person who's living for God, or if you're even thinking like the cost of living for the Lord is like the thing that we don't really talk about is like the, the genuine fulfillment and the peace and the joy that comes from living a life that's unencumbered by the foolishness of this world yeah. and the quote-unquote success that doesn't bring you fulfillment that only makes you feel more burdened it's there it really is no trade-off like what good is it that verse that says like what good is it if a man gains the world and loses his soul your soul is your mind your will and your emotions and so I don't know I just think back to that sometimes and I think you know John the Baptist, that's an extreme situation, but he probably was more happy than like half the people that had a hundred times more than him, you know? So I just, I don't know. I ponder that. I think about that sometimes. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I was thinking too, you know, David and, um, well, I don't really know as much about John the Baptist, but I just want to implore whoever is listening, if you think your life isn't perfect so you know who are you to can be compared by with David or some of these other mighty men of valor but I would say to you David did make mistakes mm -hmm. Moses made mistakes but what made them successful was they were able to repent and turn from those and allow God to use them and and make you know, beauty from ashes, mm -hmm. basically. So I just want to offer that to anybody who's listening who thinks like, oh, I've messed up so bad that God can't use me. That's a lie from Satan. Jesus specializes in redeeming mm -hmm. and taking things that are broken and discarded and making them beautiful. So I would say just submit yourself to him and trust mm -hmm. that he can use you yeah. and he he will make it beautiful you know so yeah. but thank you for sharing that that I know exactly who you're talking about and that is so beautiful and I hope that I can do the same thing to other people as well yeah we want to dig in deeper and know God closer okay switching that kind of same question around 
Um, can you think of some characters in the Bible that were unsuccessful? And why do you think they were unsuccessful? Heather? You Ironically, know? I thought about David. <laughs> really? <laughs> in the inverse. <laughs> because like at the end of his life, when he messes up with Bathsheba, and not to say that God didn't forgive him, but I was kind of looking back at that account. And, you know, when Nathan the prophet comes to him and like reproves him of that sin it's interesting because basically what he he speaks over david is that it says the sword shall never depart from your house i will raise up evil against you out of your own house i will take your wives from before your eyes and give them to your neighbors and then it says for thou didst it secretly but i will do this before all of israel and before the sun like your sin was in secret, like, but I'm going to expose you in the open. And I was just thinking, like, you know, God does redeem. And even out of that, Bathsheba, even though God took the first child that they had together, the child that kind of came from that affair. Um, but the second son was Solomon, which was the wisest man that ever lived. So God does redeem even those broken situations. But... It does also, you know, point the attention to like there are consequences and those were some pretty significant consequences for that action. It was a very egregious sin. But yeah, ironically, it did kind of think <laughs> of, like the darker side of David. But I, I love David, too, like, you know, for all the good. Um, a man after God's own heart. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and he still calls him that. So it's interesting. It's like, you know, God can, like you're saying, redeem the situation even something as broken as that kind of a relationship. Um, but yeah, I did think honestly of the example of like, you know, unfortunately, yeah, that's the other side of, of being unsuccessful is um, the consequences for those actions. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking of Saul and mm -hmm. he was told to sacrifice at a certain time and mm -hmm. didn't. He mm -hmm. did that before Samuel told him I'm kind of recalling this is this accurate wasn't it he, wasn't that the thing didn't he did he sacrifice instead of waiting for Samuel to do it yeah he was supposed to wait for Samuel to do it and then he also saved some of the cattle or something yes there was another time he, he, he didn't utterly kill he didn't kill someone I think that's what it was so yeah. Um, sorry, I should have looked those up, but those are just like the first things that came into my mind. So I was read thinking, your Bible. I know. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, eh, read the word. All right. So Saul uh, didn't listen to God and then there were, was consequences for that. Mm -hmm. And then Samson was mm -hmm. led by his own lust and he ignored the laws of the word of God about uh, who he should be with, who he should marry and righteousness and relationships and the consequence of that was that he became enslaved, lost his strength, his eyes, and eventually God gave him his power back, but he lost his life for it. Mm -hmm. And then Satan ultimately, because of the iniquity in his heart, was cast out of heaven. So um, it's probably iniquity in everyone that I think is just the root of what causes us to sin you know just that I will be my own God you know so Saul said I have 
a way of assessing what I need to do here. And you even read about it whenever you read about it because I didn't and or I could give you more details right now. (laughs) But he he thought, okay, there's a better way to do this, Samuel. So like I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice right now or kill this person. We're not quite sure, but you (laughs) tell us later. And then Samson saying, you know, Delilah, wasn't that the name? Yeah. We're we're calling a. <laughs> he was loving some Delilah as well, and the consequence. But then Satan, you know, saying, you know, I'm beautiful. I could be God. In fact, maybe I am. I am God. I could I could sit on this throne, and then him being cast out. So anytime we do that, we want to be the God of our own life. Then there's consequences for that too. Mm-hmm. So. Those are some okay. David. Have we mentioned David? That possibly. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, did, did you fall asleep? <laughs> no, actually, I was taking a second though and looking up where I was reading that <laughs> passage, and it's Second Samuel two, and it's really interesting this whole story. But the name is Ishiv. Wait, Ishbosheth. 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 I-S-H-B-O-S-H-E-T-H. He was the son of Saul. Mm -hmm. He was made king over the rest of the... The tribes. The tribes. And David was made king over Judah originally. Huh. So. You're killing me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also said King Saul for the same reason. So that's good. And then I... um, I thought of Solomon because it kind of starts off with the wisdom, but then he, I don't know how, how you guys feel about that, you know, read yeah, it. I'm disappointed it, in him. He's yeah. checkered, you know, I kind of, I've got mixed feelings about Solomon. I mean, it's like he, it, like, I want to say that he like learned, but then like, I just feel like he ended up really blowing it at the end, you know? Like, yeah. I think that is the thing. He had all wisdom and made some of the worst decisions well and i guess that's the good illustration of like you can have the perfect gift Mm. gifting and if you use it for yourself yeah still screw it up because Mm. if you're just doing it in your own strength for your own glory for your own you know pleasure then it's going to be distorted like everything whether it's a weakness or strength when placed in god's hands is going to be redeemed but anything Mm. that is inherently good in and of itself apart from god is i think only gonna lead to corruption yeah you know i also thought of the king has was it king yeah. rewind that and cut that part out thank you <laughs> um hezekiah was that hezekiah. the one who was like um, asked for more time yes he was yeah. like so all of us went to bible college real quick that's okay. just yeah I we want to throw that out there just to say that the same bible college <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is um, king hezekiah but he was like looking at the wall he prayed and then like god gave him 15 more years god gave him 15 more years and it it isn't recorded that he was like use that time unwisely and well, it was like you you will wish it was like he lived for God up to that point, and then I think he did poorly after that. Yeah, that I my... read that very story actually because that was the first thing that came to mind. But it was like he made unwise decisions by showing the king of Assyria all of his treasures, 
And the prophet comes back and says, like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, I showed him all my treasures. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> joke's on you. He's going to take your whole kingdom now, you fool. So, and he's going to kill your sons, all of them. A- no, actually, even worse than that, he, like, makes them all eunuchs, his sons oh, eunuchs. No. And they have to serve um, the king of Assyria, the Babylonian. Like, basically, cap- they get carried off into captivity into Babylon. He takes and all of like his riches. Slaves. And slaves all of a sudden makes them eunuchs. And yeah, that's how his story ended. Like, Thanks, so Dad. It's <laughs> awful. Kind of seems like there's a like a small playbook that if you don't bring to the, the front of the shelf, then you're likely to miss out on like that one and key God thing comes to not to do. Me and says, Heather, get your things in order. You're dying. I'm gonna be like, okay, where do I start? <laughs> No son of mine's gonna be eunuch. <laughs> You'll thank me someday. <laughs> Kids, I gotta die, but you'll thank me when you're procreating. <laughs> My family line will live on. Your children will thank me. That would have been better. <laughs> Leave some Thank me later. I didn't know it was going to go this direction. (laughs) Just have one more question to round things off. Okay. Um, What are some major contributors to lack of success? Which is similar to that other question I had, but... A short-sighted view of success, namely to live in light of short-term gain at cost of long-term achievement, which would be basically only living in light of this world to the neglect of eternity. Uh, I think sometimes we don't really know what the next step is because God hasn't told us. So we don't want to inch forward like he wants us to, you know, it's like where he tells Moses, go and I will tell you where to go. No, that's Abraham. Um, Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. yeah. The burning bush. He's like, go in this. No, direction. that's Moses. <laughs> <laughs> does tell abraham though go in like it's like real ambiguous go in this direction towards them he says go and i will tell you where to go basically. and i'll tell you the mountain like even that in and of itself it's like just go this way I'm like walk just start walking abraham <laughs> we're not planning on writing a commentary anytime soon so <laughs> have patience with us with me well just want to say thank you guys so much for joining me in this conversation It was exciting to think through how we can be more successful. And I love how simplistic you both made it because it really just boils down to the gospel, the word of God, the souls of men, and assessing what's really eternal and yoking yourself up to God and allowing him to do that through you. But I feel like we need to have a conclusion or something, don't we? Write us and tell us what you would do with your new year if you had one. (laughs) Because you do have one. (laughs) In the spirit of resolution, what is one food you need to eat less of in 2024? Publix chicken tenders. No. no. I'm sorry, Publix. Not swear off of those. Sing the song. Go ahead. Obedience is (laughs) the very best way. 
to show that you really. <laughs> um, it makes me think of that quote. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. No, I thought you were singing the Rose song. Some say love. It is a river that drowns the tangerine. Heather, don't hold back. Some say love. It's terrible. Heather, let it. Go nasal. <laughs> Do you, you want to keep going, or just the last end? one we have was one bad habit you want to kick. It is a flower. Face <laughs> <laughs> was like, where are you gonna go with that? <laughs> if you had a new year, what would you do with it? I mean, this is pretty low energy i know <laughs> and it's also like an extra 30 minutes it's not 30 yet okay <laughs> we can stop it now and just do the ones we've done okay 